the Italian Wine Podcast is the community-driven platform for Italian wine geeks around the world. Support the show by donating at italianwinepodcast.com. Donate five or more euros and we'll send you a copy of our latest book, My Italian Grape Geek Journal, absolutely free. To get your free copy of My Italian Grape Geek Journal, click support us at italianwinepodcast.com or wherever you get your pods. Grazie mille. Welcome to the Italian Grape Geek Podcast. Join us as we explore personal stories of travel and tasting with Italy's must-know grape varietals. Chart your own course with My Italian Grape Geek Journal, your personal tasting companion to accompany the series. Available now on Amazon. With thanks to Colangelo and Partners for their generous support with this project. Hello, uh, my name is Gianluca Quiroli. I'm an Italian wine ambassador with the Italy International Academy. I am originally from Italy, raised and born, and been living and working in the United States, in the Boston uh, area, for almost 25 years. And I got to open a fine wine store about 10 years ago in this area with thousands of wines and predominantly with Italian wines, trying to promote as much as possible, not just the widely known great varieties of Italy, but also a lot of indigenous great varieties that we organize by regions and by style. I'm also highly involved into educations. I tend to organize a lot of classes. I launched the first Italian wine maestro back three years ago here in the U.S. with the help of the Middle International Academy. Like I said, a lot of educations, classes, wine events, wine dinners, and so forth. So I'm going to talk about one of my favorite Italian red grape varieties first, which is Lacrima. Lacrima, for those that know Italians, literally means tears. And the reason why this grape variety is called as such is because the actual shape of the bunch, it really resembles the shape of actually a tear coming down the bunch and the shoots of other grapevines. I always heard about the grape variety before I opened my shop 10 years ago, but I actually never you know, tried it until actually someone brought it to me. And first thing first, uh, the aromatics, they were very, very intense, came to mind. I remember distinctively, you know, that day. I thought I was going actually to uh, taste something like Moscato or something uh, aromatically very intense, which it kind of makes sense because DNA genetically is actually an offspring of uh, Moscato Bianco. There is also a lot of history behind, which I'm getting to uh, in a minute. But the first thing that we probably want to clarify is that it's not the same as many people is Lacrima Christi from Vesuvio from Campania, which is actually an appellation that has Piediroso as a main component as a great variety. So Lacrima is uh, natively from the Marca region. And of course, it did, like many other great varieties, widespread in adjacent regions, such as Campania, Umbria, and a little bit of uh, Toscana, Emilia-Romagna, in the south of Italy, like Calabria and Puglia. It's a great varieties that has history dated back to the 1100 with Federico Barbarossa, the Holy Roman Emperor, which used to drink the wines made from uh, Lacrima during the siege of Ancona, as a matter of fact. It's a grape that has never been widely cultivated, specifically because the 
potential challenges and issues that he has into the vineyard. The actual berries tend to split, and once it's split, it does really attract a lot of pests and possibly diseases. So not only you have a reduced yields and crop from that, but you have a lot of vineyard issues as well. It's typically cultivated in an area called Morro d'Alba, from which it takes the name of the appellation, Lacrima di Morro d'Alba, that is also considered his natural birthplace. So the way Lacrima as a grape variety looks, it's quite dark, is a medium spherical berry. He has a very black and blue color you know, skin. The cluster is usually a medium inside in size with five-lobe leaf, so it's fairly recognizable for those that study that subject. It's a grape variety that doesn't really tend to adapt or really enjoys the extreme weather. So whether it's rain and frost, but also a lot of heat, and it's very sensitive to uh, botrytis. So the interesting fact is that it's very thin skin as a grape variety. However, the thin skin which is counterintuitive, still do process and ferment wines with a good amount of tannins that tend to be a little softer than other type of tannins. The wines usually are light body, but they also are very deeply, you know, colored. So once you look at the glass, you think you're going to be drinking a very big and bold wine, probably with high tannins and full body. It's actually one of the most tricky you know, wine to detect between the visual and the palate and the sensory information. What does it taste like? What does it smells like? So as we said, it's very aromatic, a lot of black cherries, blackberries. It's very, you know, perfuming. It's highly aromatic. It's floral. So you have a, it has the tendency of really give out dark rose, lavender, you know, violet, with some uh, undertones of aromatic and grilled herbs, even baking spices, if you will. Because of these connotations, especially it comes to tannic structure, typically in the market and for a producer is um, almost never um, aged uh, in oak. So you have a inert vessel fermentation and um, possibly just a few uh, short periods of time of maturations in the bottle between uh, before release. Coming back to America, Vinitaly International Academy, the ultimate Italian wine qualification will be held in New York City from 4 to 6 March 2024. Have you got what it takes to become the next Italian wine ambassador? Find out at Vinitaly.com. They tend to have... uh, uh, early drinking ability as opposed to the structure and the factors to go for a long age. But the acidity is good, which makes this wines a lot of fun, uh, easy drinking, and fairly easy pairing with wines. The norm is to have dry, still reds, uh, although there are some uh, small producers that actually make uh, pasito from these grapes. Typically is at least uh, 85% component and most producers use 100% in the Morro d'Alba as an appellation, but it is also found in uh, other appellations like uh, Colli Maceratesi and is uh, often blended with this partner Montepulciano. As we said, it's fairly easy to pair, although it has this very high aromatic intensity, um, but it's typically used uh, in, in combination with maybe some aged cheeses 
with some veal and tuna sauce. Local cuisine like Vinci's Grassi and the original typical market lasagna, sort of. But also some gnocchi bolognese, as well as uh, some uh, pulled pork that we actually did in some of our classes matching this wine with. Some of the producers that you can find on the uh, general market, uh, you find it here in the U.S. and in other you know, countries outside of Italy, probably Umami Ronchi, as well as uh, Velenosi and Stefano Marcinelli e Vicari. I do encourage everyone to uh, try this amazing grape variety, which is very, very different from most of the time grape varieties and is actually a lot of fun to blind taste somebody, you know, with, as well as is uh, probably a crowd pleaser for most of uh, wine drinkers, whether Italian or not. Listen to the Italian Wine Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We're on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Himalaya FM, and more. Don't forget to subscribe and rate the show. If you enjoy listening, please consider donating through italianwinepodcast.com. Any amount helps cover equipment, production, and publication costs. Until next time, cin cin.